we said. The Press Box. Look at us headed into a brand new weekend on the Press Box Radio Show. Hi, everyone. Mike Grace from my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. This is the Press Box Podcast, where we offer you just a slice of what you can hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama. Want to find out where? Well, check us out online, pressboxradio.com. There you can find the affiliates page, find the station nearest you. On the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand hour by hour all the way back to the very first hour or simply press the listen button. You can hear the Press Box anytime, 24-7 online at pressboxradio.com. And stand by, the app is coming soon, we promise. It is uh, under construction and will be available to you very, very soon. In the meantime, time for us to talk a little third Saturday in October. That's the traditional date for Alabama and Tennessee on the football gridiron. And we talked about that matchup this weekend, homecoming in Tuscaloosa. And former Tide offensive lineman, he was an absolute great, Barrett Jones, talked about the matchup. He'll be covering the game for ESPN Radio tomorrow. And uh, well, again, Barrett Jones, or as we know him on Twitter, Barrett A. Jones. Well, of all the times I've ever been introduced, I've never been introduced as Barrett A. Jones. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. Sophisticated. Yeah. Like uh, Esquire, even. How about that? Yeah. I might, I might uh, adopt that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, it's a deal where we all, we, you, if you're like me, you hear the middle name or middle initial, you wonder if you're in trouble or not. Because uh, that's right. the only I thought, time I, for you a hear second, it. I thought I was going to be like, a, you know, all these assassins have three names, you know, that you read out <laughs> throughout history. So I, I don't know. I want to join that. Exactly. exactly. What does the A stand for? Alabama. Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually Anderson, which is good to know because that's the name of my son now. He's a junior and we call him Anderson. Excellent. So that's yes. uh, it's Barrett Anderson Jones. Yeah. There we go. All right. well, well, that's all we really needed. We'll let you run now. We appreciate that's the time. Right. Uh, for you, this this game's taken on a it, – it's got to be a really interesting perspective. You played in it. Alabama fan. Your dad played basketball at the University of Alabama. Been a, been a fan your whole life. But now you're a broadcaster, but you're a Tennessee native. Lived in Tennessee just about all of, of your life. So I guess your perspective on this is about as good as somebody could possibly have. Well, I guess so. I uh, definitely, this is the game growing up that I always went to. Um, almost every year as a kid, we would go to the Alabama Tennessee game, usually no matter where it was. Um, when we were, when it was at Tennessee, uh, we would go and sometimes we would uh, sit in my neighbor, sit with my neighbor. He, he had a box at Tennessee. And uh, then when we when it was at Alabama, obviously we went, went to those games usually. So it was always a fun game. And obviously growing up in Memphis is not really a true Tennessee town as far as fanhood. There's a, it's kind of a melting pot of a lot of different fanhoods. Uh, but there certainly were a lot of Tennessee fans that I was around growing up and, uh, this was always a fun one. So I absolutely love it. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool when I just step back and think about the fact that I'm going to get to call a Tennessee Alabama game, the game that I grew up watching my whole life and, and, uh, you know, being interested in, and, and a lot of times was a huge game in the SEC. And so it's definitely really neat. And the hardest thing for me that I've been practicing, uh, it hasn't been a problem in the past, but I'm, and I'm hoping it won't continue. But <laughs> I, I can't slip in any we's. I, I got to say they when I'm talking about Alabama. I'm so used to saying we, and I've yeah. got to change my we to a they. It's uh, I, I absolutely understand what you're talking about, and I knew that's the route you were going to go. Um, you know, some things have kind of changed in the profession. I in that guys don't run from 
who they are, which I'm kind of glad. I mean, not that you openly cheer for a team in the press box or when you're on the set uh, for one of the SEC shows, but it, it it's kind of foolish to try to act like you don't have the connection in the blood, sweat, and tears that frankly made you so desirable to be hired for the job you're in. So it, it, there is a balancing act of being fair, but you're still as bam as it gets, man, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Well, you know, it seems like that every uh, – I, I do agree with you. I, I like that movement too. But it, it, it's uh, – I, I like to joke that it seems like it's it, – that is true of almost every other school other than Bama. You know, like if you're a Bama guy, uh, then they're like, okay, all right, be quiet. Like, you know, you, you're being so biased. But, like, obviously, you know, if you went to a school that's not doing as well right now, you know, like, oh, you know, that's that's cute. Like, he's a Kentucky guy. Like, you know, he roots for Kentucky you know. But uh, so we don't we don't get the same kind of slack usually the Bama guys because uh, there there are always people looking to be frustrated and angry uh, at Bama guys and every time I call a Bama game without fail no matter what there are always people that are saying uh, you know that I'm I'm being biased and look and I know I'm doing my job because there's also occasionally some some Bama people that are telling me you know that I'm not, I'm when I say bad things about Alabama that how dare I you know I went to this university oh, yeah. so. When you're getting it from both sides, uh, that's, I guess, how you know you're doing your job. And to be honest, Chris, like, I really, before, I, I, I called the Bama-Mississippi State game two or three years ago um, at Mississippi State uh, with Jalen Hurts, quarterback, last second, Devontae Smith, a touchdown. You, you remember that game, I'm sure. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty good game. And in the midst of all that, I, I was worried about it initially. But when, when there's so much going on during a football game as you're calling it, when you're scrambling for stats, trying to figure out the next thing you're going to say, you're looking at numbers, you're you know trying to figure out uh, exactly uh, what's happening, you're analyzing formations, and uh, I, I just don't have a whole lot of time uh, to to you know have a, a rooting interest. You know, it's not like I'm sitting there and thinking, oh man, I really hope Bama does this, or you know, because it is such a fast-paced experience when you're calling a football game. So that's one of the things that's uh, that's fun about it. Uh, but it really, it's it's not that big of a deal. I just call it like I see it uh, while I'm calling the game, and it normally works out okay. Real quick, just we we trying to, you know, peel the curtain back and let people kind of get a feel for what we do in the booth, and that's why I wanted you to kind of share that. I know it's a totally different audience, totally different scale of broadcast, but one of the best things for me ever in my career to, to help me with exactly what you're talking about and make sure you just call the game besides the personal interest. I guess it was 20 something years ago. I'm doing the state high school basketball tournament on television, Barrett and John Carroll is playing BC rain. Well, John Carroll is coached by a guy that I not only played high school basketball for him and his dad, I was best man in his wedding. This was <laughs> this was one of my closest friends in the world, still is. But I'm calling the state championship his first one to ever coach in. But the guy that he's going up against was Rick Petrie, who was at, at BC Rain at the time, and a guy that that I had known for several years and had great respect for. So you know, when you know people go, how can you do your school or whatever? How could you possibly be neutral when you know people on both sides? It's much easier to get into that mode and just simply call the game. And I think fans don't understand that because they're not in the position we're in. 
There's no doubt. And it's, it's funny you say that. Like uh, I always, uh, I mean, Auburn is obviously the obvious example where everyone I think assumes that I shouldn't like Auburn. And, you know, obviously there, there's a part of me when Alabama is playing Auburn where, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a different feel, but when I'm calling a game, when I'm working an Auburn game and I go down the sidelines and I see people that were at Alabama when I was there, you know, and people that I've known forever and people I know their kids and I know their families uh, it, it's it's just a it's it's a weird experience and I, it does change your perspective a lot. I think the best example was always for me for the last few years, obviously not this year, was Kevin Steele. I mean, Kevin Steele recruited me to Alabama. He was really close with my whole family, you know. And so then I go in coaches meetings with Auburn, and I'm you know I'm I'm there just talking to Kevin Steele. You know, I'm not thinking about Auburn. I'm just thinking about what my friend Kevin Steele has to say. So that's exactly right. It it, it definitely uh, it is a it it's a when you have when you know that many people and you've been doing it a long time it becomes personal because you know so many people and it it changes your perspective on kind of how you're feeling now chris the good thing about you though is you know you can say we you know you i I listened to y'all's broadcast last week on the way home uh from my game i had the lsu florida game and i was driving home first of all i felt i felt so bad for your effects guy or for your sound engineer he had the hardest job in america having no to ramp up and ramp down the effects because the cowbells were so loud and then they were not loud. That was, that, that had to be so hard on him. I was thinking about uh, calling that game. Uh, but you know, you, you at least get to say we, so you, you can, uh, you can let it loose. Uh, and I have no problem doing so. <laughs> Barrett. Uh, so I know we want to match, a, or, you know, set up the game, Alabama, Tennessee, but to the point of broadcasting is it's national radio. And in state, you know, in state, it's going to be Alabama or Auburn has their own radio broadcast team, and you know where the affiliates are. And by and large, that's who they're listening to. But out of the state, if it is a game that has national interest and they're employing Barrett Jones, I would, as a listener listening in the state of Oklahoma, want somebody who is connected somehow to either the conference or one of the teams, because inevitably that's going to happen. But I really don't want to hear on the other side of that nickel or quarter is hear somebody try to call an SEC uh, premier great matchup game who played the game and has I'm a jock. I've been in the huddle at Washington State. It's like, dude, you don't get the SEC and you certainly don't get these two <laughs> programs. I like the fact that, you know, the color analyst played for one of the two teams involved. Well, I definitely pull that out uh, when it's advantageous. But then like two or a few weeks ago, I had the Utah USC game. And so, you know, we didn't uh. make as many Bama comments during that game, uh, you know, <laughs> and and really the, the good thing, though, about national radio, which it's I mean, some people probably would be annoyed by this fact. Uh, other TV guys are annoyed by this fact, I know. But the majority of the people that listen to our broadcast have absolutely no idea who we are, you know, and they never even yeah. really think. Obviously, we say our names, but it just kind of passes over them. It's different from TV in that way and that there are a lot of people that will listen and never really ask themselves, who is this talking, you know? Uh, so you're able to, if, if you have credibility in what you're saying, you sound uh, knowledgeable, uh, you're able to, to survive in a lot of situations because I've, I've been all over the country this year calling games. I've been in, in uh, I think, all, yeah, all five of the Power Five conferences we've already called a game. And so we, uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of travel around the country and, and see different scenes from college football. That's, that's probably been one of my favorite parts of this whole job is I was taught kind of growing up that, they don't really play football anywhere outside the SEC. And, and certainly, yeah. uh, look, my opinion there has not totally changed in that at the SEC, there's nothing like it. If you're asking me where I would prefer to call a game, 
but there are there are a few places you know nationwide uh, that are really special that I think uh, as fans get out and see, and I'm sure you guys have seen a lot of them. It's it's pretty cool, and there are other pockets in America where where people do care a lot about college football, and it's pretty cool to get to witness those and be a part of them. Yeah, and on the flip side of my point is uh, when you go outside the SEC, you come from the best program in America. You were a former offensive lineman at Alabama, so that credibility and that cachet is there, uh, which kind of brings me up. And just just side point, I don't know if you saw it, five-star offensive tackle, because you, you relate to the offensive line. guy named Zach Rice, recruited by Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Virginia. Picks North Carolina. He says, I want to play for the Hall of Famer, Mac Brown. You could play for the GOAT of all Hall of Famers. That doesn't fly. It's uh, He's going to play for North Carolina, Mac Brown. He could play for the GOAT, Nick Saban. That just kind of threw me for a loop that an offensive lineman would go there when he could have a chance to come to Tuscaloosa and play for the best program in America. Um, that aside, <laughs> let's talk Alabama-Tennessee. And a Tennessee offense that has been rolling. They put up 460 yards against Missouri. Where do you see the key matchups? Well, first of all, I love it. Look, I love this. This is what makes part of what makes college football great is I, I love the pettiness. I say that like dead serious of, of college football. It's so fun. Uh, the yeah. fact that like, you know, when you're a Bama guy, you're like, why would anyone not want to come to Bama? You know, and then <laughs> the, the other team, they think the same way. And that's part of what makes it so great and so fun. Uh, look, I, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think, you know, obviously really interested to see uh, what's going to happen at the quarterback position for Tennessee. Look, you got to take your hat off to Josh Heupel. He's done an outstanding job with this program. I mean, this is a program that was left for dead, uh, essentially, a few months ago. Uh, and I think our, our my opinion of Tennessee football and a lot of people's opinion and the direction uh, that they have them heading right now is much more positive than it was a few months ago. In fact, it's it's night and day. I mean, there's there's a glimmer of hope now that these guys are going to get it turned around. Their offense has been as exciting as it's been in probably a decade. Um, you know, th- and this is after they've really were ravaged by the transfer portal. A lot of their best players left, uh, and they kind of circled the wagons and said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, try to figure out who's going to play for us this year, who wants to be here. Uh, and, you know, they found some of those guys, and they've obviously got some transfers themselves. Hendon Hooker's done a really good job of coming in and playing some really good football again. We'll see what his injury status is after getting hurt last week. But you got to take your hat off to Josh Heupel. Now, can they hang with Alabama? Probably not. I mean, they don't have any depth. They're very, very uh, thin at a lot of positions. Um, and so as the game you know, gets later, I expect that maybe it could be somewhat close you know, for a few series, but I expect Alabama to pull away, especially as focused as Alabama looked last week. I thought they looked extremely focused when I went back and watched the tape. The, the Mental errors uh, were, were cut down in a big way uh, from from two weeks ago against Texas A&M. And so I think Alabama's heading, into a, a, heading in a really good direction right now, and I know they want to continue that uh, going in, into their bye week after this week uh, and getting ready for the, the final push of the season. So, you know, I, I think it will – I'm not sure it will be that close of a game. Uh, but, again, you got to take your hat off to Josh Heupel and what he's done in Tennessee. Only two or three minutes left with you, but uh, even though it's – game as big as Alabama, Tennessee, and that's the one that Barrett Jones will be working this weekend. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you your reaction to what has transpired in Baton Rouge. Um, Two years removed from a national title, Ed Orgeron is out before we get to the midway point of the season or will announce that he will will be out. Um, Did it surprise you, or were you more surprised by the fact that he won a national title to begin with? Oh, 
that's a lo- it's a it's a big question. That's a loaded it's one. We've talked yeah, so I'm much sorry. about because we were there uh, last week and we were there also three or four weeks ago for the LSU Auburn game, and um, it, it is uh, it definitely is wild to think uh, that this was a team and a coach uh, that in 2019 had not only the best team in the country but maybe one of the greatest not maybe one of the greatest teams of all time maybe the greatest team of all time depending on who you ask. I mean they were unbelievable, uh, stacked at every position group. Uh, they were a, a, a tremendous team and, and really, really fun to watch that 2019 LSU team. And so, yeah, since then, I think it's like they're nine and nine or something like that. Uh, it's been very mediocre. And now, uh, the first, the, the earliest in history, about 18 months after you won a national championship, <clears throat> you get fired as a coach. Uh, definitely, uh, it's, it's unheard of. And, uh, but I, I do think that the writing was kind of on the wall. Everyone, when they saw last year, what happened when LSU, uh, hired Scott Wood with their new athletic director. People kind of felt like a change was coming down the pipe. And so I'm not surprised from that standpoint. I mean, the SEC has always been a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of conference. There's uh, there's no freebies handed out uh, in the SEC. And, you know, they, they feel like uh, the program right now is not headed in the direction uh, that they want it to be. I mean, look, you, you got to hand it to uh, Coach O. I mean, he's recruited really well. I mean, there's whoever inherits that job, they can keep a lot of those guys. There's a ton of talent there. It's not a shortage of talent. And I think that's been one of the frustrating things is that a lot of people around that program, you know, feel like they haven't really done uh, what, what they what they should have done with the talent they had. Look, I'll, I'll leave you with this about LSU. In my mind, I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, when Saban retires, who will the dominant program in the West be? And obviously there'll be kind of a power vacuum uh, that, that several teams could fill. Obviously Alabama could remain there if they hire a guy who could keep it going. That's it. It'd be hard to find anyone to equal Saban, but maybe – Someone to uh, to at least resemble them. Uh, could it be A and M with all the money and, and power over there? Uh, I think LSU, man, uh, it, it's a great job. It, I think it's, it gets lost in the shuffle the fact that three different coaches uh, in the last 20 years have won national championships there. I mean, it, it's it's a really really good job. There's players everywhere around you. You're the only team in the state. Obviously, you have to contend with coaches coming in your state and getting your guys. But you can go into Texas. You can go into Mississippi and get guys. A lot of guys grow up wanting to play football at LSU. It's an unbelievable fan base. There's just no reason in my mind why, if the right man was at LSU, that they could not be a dominant program in college football for the next 20 years. And so uh, LSU, I know that the last two years, we all have short-term memory about what we've seen from their very inconsistent play. But, man, that, that place to me is primed That where if the right guy gets in there, uh, they could be a powerhouse for a long time. Barrett Jones, former offensive lineman for the Alabama Crimson Tide, and now the ESPN analyst for ESPN Radio will be on the call for tomorrow's game between Alabama and Tennessee. That'll wrap up today's Press Box podcast. If you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us. Rate us, review us, and subscribe so you get the new ones every time they come out. And if you tell a friend, we would most appreciate that. They can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast: Apple and Google Podcasts, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Wherever they find their favorite podcast, all they have to do is search for Pressbox Radio 1. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one. And while we're at it, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, there as well at Pressbox Radio 1. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one. Wishing you a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you next week inside the Pressbox.